Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Craig. This is Bucks in the Basement. 30 minutes of Pirates for fans, by fans. And before we even get into this thing, my friend, uh, I, I, I kind of put it out on Twitter. So the, the few Pirates fans that are following me on Twitter at Chris Lanuti, uh, you will have seen that uh, that the whole family got COVID this week. It was, <laughs> you know, look, I, I take this disease seriously. This is not the flu, this is a dangerous disease. But my, my wife and I are vaccinated and children are not affected in the same way as adults. And I had on one of my other podcasts here on the broadcast basement on demand radio network. I had a doctor sit down for a half hour, went through all the symptoms, went through what we were going to expect, went through the odds, went through what normally happens with children. And he was like, you know, 99.99% of children are going to have it the same way yours are going to have. They're just going to basically have the flu and they're going to be whiny because their, their muscles are achy and uh, they drink a lot of Gatorade. Uh, the two older ones lost their sense of taste. The My daughter lost smell as well. So there are no scenty candles burning in her room the last couple of days, which is kind of nice. Which is amazing. The teenager doesn't isn't burning any scenty candles. But other than that, they're all doing very well. Uh, so if there's anybody lo- who's heard about it and wanted an update, they're doing fine. Mom and dad vaccinated. Guess what? That Moderna, really, really good. You know? I mean, I had a, I had, Craig, I had a six-year-old with covid Crawl into my bed in the middle of the night. Mouth breathe on you, didn't he? Put his mouth on my nose. And I woke up to this mouth just breathing into my face. I kissed COVID and sent it to bed for three different kids for seven straight days here. I am a negative test with no viral load to past anybody. So I am uh, I am here right now to tell you that uh, that Moderna vaccine, that, that thing's like, you know, the ultimate weapon. And, I, and I'm a big proponent of it. Okay, I'm not telling you what you got to do. And some people don't want to get vaccinated. That is not my choice. That is not what I'm going to tell you to do. But if you're curious about does it work, I'm here to tell you I was in the Petri dish. I'm still in the Petri dish and I'm doing fine. I'm drinking a beer and I'm ready to talk Bucks baseball. Yeah, Chris. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing well. It's it's good to hear that and all that all, all that kind of stuff. And you guys got through that because I, uh, like you said, no joke. And I. Uh, but just, uh, I, I liked your uh, your little experience. I, I lived vicariously through your son tasting stuff and, and just basically laughing that he couldn't taste anything. It was awesome. Once we realized that they were doing okay, and like I said, it's a serious thing depending on, you know, what you're, you're, you're preconditioned to. You know, you, some people just randomly selected that something terrible happens as a result of this. But there's a vast majority of people that still get it, get sick, get better, move on, and they get the loss of taste and loss of smell. And I did a YouTube video that I shared amongst friends, and so Craig saw it, with uh, my son Dominic at 13 years old trying the hottest hot sauces that we could get for him. And he couldn't even taste the heat. Like, that was the crazy thing. Not only couldn't he get the taste, he couldn't taste the heat 
when he was taking the, he's taking him by the spoonful. He's like, can't taste a thing. No heat whatsoever. It was crazy to me. It's like when Homer Simpson, what did he do? He drank the candle and like lined his his entire like esophagus, right? So he could eat the hot pepper. That's that's what Dominic was like. Kind of like what it is. Now he's getting a sense of taste back, so he's not gonna be able to do that anymore. All right, let's talk about things that uh, might have burned some Pittsburgh Pirates fans like a hot sauce down the throat over the last couple of days. Let's talk about the Gregory Polanco thing, and I want you to take people through this because Twitter is a dangerous space. Nobody has to confirm their sources anymore. People can throw anything they want out there and things get completely convoluted. Gregory Polanco is not leaving the the, the Pirates unless somebody takes him off the Pirates' hands right now. And I want you to break this all down for everybody so they get what's going on with Polanco being put on waivers. Yeah, so basically what happened uh, yesterday evening, this is, would have been Sunday evening, uh, Rob Beertemfel of The Athletic, the, the Pirates beat reporter for The Athletic, puts it out there that the Pirates have started the process to break ties with Gregory Polanco. Um, Follows it up with an article that just basically says that Gregory Polanco was put on outright waivers and that after that 48-hour period of time, so they had to do it by like 2 p.m., I believe it was on Sunday. This didn't come out until a little bit later. Uh, And then until 1 p.m. on Tuesday... He's basically out there for any team to claim. And if they put that claim on him for waivers and they take him, they take on the remainder of like the season's the contract. Right. So it's and they would have, to, they they would have the to pay his buyout next year or pick up his option, which is something the Pirates would have to deal with, but they would have to take over his contract, right? Yeah. So so there's where like the the thing was is that, you know, he reports that He's put on outright waivers, and after that period of time, that he would be a free agent, which was completely false. It is still false. Rob Beertemfel, as of our time of the recording, 9.44 on, on Monday night, still has that as his pinned tweet, still has that in the article, on the top of the article, and it, it, to me, that's where this whole thing started. So then Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette comes out and goes... No, I'm hearing from my sources that the intent of the Pirates was to put him out on these outright waivers. Once that clears, that they would just, you know, keep him on the active roster. That this was, at some point in time, it was put out there that this was a good faith uh, effort by the Pirates to allow Gregory Polanco to possibly go to a contender. So whatever your feelings are on that, I know that's not your feelings, Chris, but that's kind of what was put out there. So a lot of people on Twitter today got extremely aggravated with just little words and sentences as, you know, Jason Mackey saying, you know, well, they can't send him to the minors. Well, technically they can't send him to the minors right now because that's not what this transaction was about. They would have to do a DFA which would be the, what is it, the word I couldn't pronounce, yeah, Chris? They, they, then they would end up on irrevocable waivers. The irrevocable idea, The idea waivers. behind a, a DFA is that you're designating him for assignment, and then he goes through a similar waivers process, and if somebody picks him up, then they pick up the contract. But if they don't pick him up, you can then try to assign him. He can refuse assignment, become a free agent, and keep the money. 
And and the, what the Pirates are doing here is, look, all we know from what happened over the last 24, 48 hours is that the Pirates are doing what we've been saying on this show they were going to do for the last year or so. Like we said it, we said it last year, this was going to be the plan when I was saying there's a rebuild and the team was trying to deny that they were going to do a rebuild. Oh, we're not doing a rebuild. Yeah, you are. You've been, you've been clearing space, getting ready for it. Look at all the moves that you've made. You're trying to find diamonds in the rough. You're rotating guys throughout your major league roster to try to figure out what you have. You're trying to acquire talent in your minor league system because you're in the middle of team building. And that's a good thing. That's what the Pirates needed. But that meant there was no way Polanco was having his option picked up next year. They were going to pay the several million dollars. I think it's $3 million or something like that. They got to yeah, buy $3 him million. out. But th- he's going to make $3 million when the Pirates buy him out in the offseason. That's what's going to happen. So what they're trying to do is save the remaining couple million dollars on this year and that $3 million buyout by putting him out there for a team that might be desperate for an outfielder. But if nobody picks it up, he'll remain on the team, and in the offseason, they'll buy him out. That's all this is. Okay, they're not if they DFA him, any smart baseball team at this point looking at the value of Polanco is going to think to themselves, we might be the only team that really needs him. We might be the only team interested in him. Let him go become a free agent. Then I don't have to pay his contract. I give him the minimum for the rest of the year prorated and I get him in a song. So you don't DFA him. You do this. That's what the whole purpose of this is. He's not leaving the team tomorrow. They're saying, if we could save some money and somebody wants to pick up this contract, this guy's available. They put him on the shelf for people to peruse in the store that is Major League Baseball players, hoping that somebody would say, we need some depth. We need him for a reason. We see value in him as we come down the stretch here, and we're willing to spend that kind of money. That's all this is. Yeah, and it's just basically, I mean, Chris, it was terrible because there was just like, everybody was going into... You know what would happen if they tried to outright him? What to to you know to assign him to to AAA? What would happen if he accepted that assignment and then declared free agency? What would happen if you know he became a free agent after that? And it was just like you spent way too much time on this when the answer was he's on outright waivers, which players get put on all the time all the time in the month in the month of august because all the time i mean you can you can put it as you know we want him to be on a contender because he has to be put on you know he has to be put on a major league roster by i think it's august 31st to be available for the playoffs you can put it in that type of situation that type of scenario you can word it in that way but there's guys a lot of the times someone came up with this point i i I think it was ethan one of the guys uh that he writes uh, for uh, Pittsburgh Baseball Network, guy that knows knows the rules inside and out, was was just basically saying this is a, a thing we wouldn't normally even hear about. No. So somebody somebody leaks it. The first reporter that gets his hands on it actually reports it falsely or po- reports it wrong. Other guys try to you know scurry to figure out exactly what is going on and what the possibilities are. And at that point in time, by this morning when I looked at it, it had snowballed into, you know, the future of of Gregory Polanco. People were saying, you know, good luck to Greg, you know, El Cafe. People even into tonight were saying, you know, he's still in the lineup. The Pirates must have agreed to to give him his farewell game or whatever. That's not how this works. You're still going to see Greg out there for the rest of the year. It's not how it works. Look, a perfect example of what you're talking about, and then we have other things we've got to get into, 
But a perfect example of what you're talking about is that Alex Rios years ago was put on this type of waivers by the Toronto Blue Jays because he had a bunch of money still left on a contract and they weren't competing. And then another Major League Baseball team picked up the contract. And that that's all this is. By the way, we've got this guy, and if you want his contract, it's now available if you pay the contract. That's all that happened. Teams do it all the time in the hope that somebody says, you know, I always liked Alex Rios. I always liked Gregory Polanco. We do have a spot for this guy. We can afford that. And they take it from the Pirates, and the Pirates don't have to spend the money. It's a cost-cutting move. That's all it's about. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. Let's talk about our guy here. This is a guy I really enjoy uh, watching in the minor leagues. I think he could be a pretty good player. Michael Chavis is up with the Pirates. You Absolutely. Were, you were surprised by who got sent down, but I'm, I'm first of all excited that he's up. This is a solid ball player. Yeah, he's a guy that was, you know, drafted by Ben Charrington, was one of their top prospects, you know, over in the Boston system, actually had a fairly decent rookie campaign a few years back, and then has just kind of stumbled and bumbled and has never really, you know, put it back together. Uh, came over to Indianapolis, uh, tore it up with us for a few games, and it was, you know, we have to give him a shot at, at some point in time. So I, I wanted to see him... Uh, at this point in the year, uh, two of the guys that went down today, Rodolfo Castro, you know, I, I said last week uh, I would be okay with him going down. I was saying he may need some more seasoning in AAA. Unfortunately, he goes back down and gets reassigned back down to AA where he's been all year, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know what he can really prove down there. Not much left in the season, but, you know, oh, well. Uh, Park goes down, didn't really like it. I don't know why you're not going to leave him up here to play. Uh, so with, with Chavis coming up, you could have picked, I th- in my eyes, could have picked Rodolfo Castro. The, the one that kind of confuses me, though, Chris, is what we were talking about before this, is Anthony Alford coming back from the IL, which is causing, you know, one of these other guys to go down. So if you want to bring Chavis up, that that's awesome to me. I, I want to see what he can do up here. We need to see him up in the big leagues you know, is he a triple-A player? Is he a quad-A player? Is Can he actually be a major leaguer? Because he's shown that during his rookie campaign. But for me, Anthony Alford coming up and making one of the other guys go down, to me, it's Park who loses out there. Because don't you want to see Park, who it's I think is, you know, going to be eligible for, for Rule 5. He's, you know, you want to see if you want to keep him on the 40-man all this kind of other different stuff, like had done fairly well in his first few games here with the Pirates, but then started to struggle. 
Uh, do you want to see if he can regain some of that? Uh, and the other part of it is that it's like, I mean, you're replacing Anthony Alford, who only strictly plays the outfield. Uh, Park had played all over the field. You love that versatility. You know, Chavez comes up. He's in at second base tonight. I, I just, and he could play a little bit of outfield as well. I just saw like okay, if you want to bring if you want to bring Chavis up, and you know maybe send Castro down to AAA, that made more sense to me. But I don't even know why we need to experiment with with Anthony Alford anymore. Anthony Alford was tearing it up down in AAA. We said, hey, come up here, give him a shot. I think he had a couple doubles or something, maybe like a double in his first game back, and then proceeded to strike out. You know, at a at a clip of like seventy five percent again or fifty. It was like terrible. So I don't really see the point in that again. So for me, Chris, you know, bring bring up Chavez and send down Castro because I still think he's a part of the future. He's young, but you got to see what you have in Park. And I know what I have in Alfred if he's on the Major League roster. I'm sorry. I think I do at this point in time. Uh, I don't know why he's here replacing Park. J- just kept Park where he was at for this point in time. And we could even get back into uh, – to Yoshi Tsutsugo, because that one's confusing me as well, because he's a free agent after this year. So unless you got some like little like handshake agreement that you're going to sign him uh, in the offseason, that one's confusing me as well. It's almost like they're scouting their own team. Think of it that way. You're scouting your own team. So you don't know if the plan is, hey, we needed to see so many at-bats out of this guy, or we finally, we discovered something that either we like a lot, but we want him to get more regular at bats, so we're sending him down to go be in the minors, or we hate a lot, and we don't think that we have the time to work on it up here, so send him to somebody else, or we hate it a lot, and we don't think it's something that's fixable. But but I think what you're getting is you're getting, you're scouting your own team, and in scouting your own team and figuring out what you have, you're going to get this carousel and this 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 rotation of ball players. I don't have a real issue with it, I do find it interesting that they really have four infielders right now. Like it's kind of like they they you know, you're starting every day if you're an infielder on this team. They don't they don't have a lot of guys that can come in and stand in the middle of the uh, in the infield. So they they've got what they've got set up in there and they they don't have as much depth. They sent down two infielders. I get that, but maybe, you know, remember Alfer got himself injured and they they wanted to see him one more time. He's already been DFA'd once this year by this team. So maybe their thing was, okay, well, we're going to bring him off. We're going to bring him back up again. But if we're not going to DFA him yet, if we're not done with him again, because that's what they'd have to do. They have to DFA him again. So yeah. maybe they see something there that they're like, no, no, we, we don't want to leave him out there. Somebody might grab him this time. It doesn't bother me that much. I know you're kind of looking at it like, well, I want to see this guy. Maybe they saw him. Maybe, you know, maybe they look at Park and they go, okay, we know what he is. Um, he's, not, he's not getting anything done up here that's going to make him any better. And we're going to send him down now because we know what we have with him and we'll make a decision going forward. The evaluation period's done for him. So now we're yeah. going to have Chavis come up and he's going to, we're going to evaluate him. And we're not going to have too many guys in the infield because I want Chavis playing every day. So I want, I want him out there. I want him playing all the time so I can get a good look at him. So I think that's what you're watching right now. I think that's what you're going to watch for the next six weeks. You're, you're going to watch. This is all about evaluation and scouting your own players. It's not about winning ball games. And it's, it's, it's really not... I don't think about like this guy belongs in AAA or AA. At this point, you're going wherever it's most convenient to put you and because the whole thing's ending in a couple of weeks. Why would you upset the apple cart with Castro if he's been comfortable all year with the curve, right? So if you, yeah. got, if you saw what you wanted to see out of him, 
just send him back where he's comfortable for the last couple of weeks of the season. Right? I mean, like, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense to say, hey, by the way, you're going back down, but you're going to spend like two weeks in AAA. Get used to everything there in the end. I mean, how are you going to get a good evaluation of him in those two weeks in AAA? Yeah, new coaches, new everything. I could see that, Chris. That definitely makes a lot of sense to me. If he's comfortable and it's it's build that relationships with like the hitting coaches down there with the managers and stuff, and they know him better than anybody else. And obviously, I mean, it's not that, you know, it's not that he can't get, you know, better and he can not be challenged. It's just that he goes down to double A. He's been down there a couple times already this year and he hasn't gotten any worse. Like we know what we have with him. So, I mean, I can definitely see that. Well, you've talked me through that, but now you got to talk me through Yoshi. Just because a guy's on the major league roster doesn't mean that he's even he's even in the plans for next year. You know, you got to put twenty six guys on the team, Craig. And and there's a lot of minor league players they're not going to ruin by bringing up right now. So you might have a few guys on this team right now that they've said this guy sucks, but we need to have a couple extra bodies up here so we can feel the team for the next couple of weeks. So I I don't know. I mean, he you want to get a look at him. But then you might be sitting there saying, well, what else? who else do I want to bring up and get a look at that I haven't gotten a look at so far? There's going to be guys that are going to float around this team for the next couple of weeks that have no future with the Pirates. That the Pirates might have already decided they don't have a future with the Pirates. But they fill a seat. You know? Cheap, they fill a, a role. Cheap, a cheap, competent That's it. player. Because at this point, it's not about the product on the field at PNC Park. It's, it's not about that product. That product is not what this is all about. It's about scouting your team it's about finishing off your development with all these young guys and finishing off the minor league schedule and evaluating other talent that might pop up there when the offseason begins. It's it's not about the product that's on the field anymore. It's it's all evaluation now. It's all they already moved on to 2022 and beyond. That's the mindset. It has to be the mindset at this point. I mean, the mindset should be more like we should be focusing more on the fact that MLB Pipeline put out their prospect rankings their mid-season ones and added in all the draft picks. And the number one prospect now in the Pirates organization is their number one overall draft pick this year, Henry Davis. And then Priester, Cruz, Gonzalez, and Baguero round out five Pittsburgh Pirates now in the top 100, according to MLB Pipeline. And that some guys got shuffled around, which I found very interesting when you're looking at the Pirates, you know, because guys move up and down on these lists depending on how they did this season. And so there are some guys you might have sat there and said, oh, yeah, this is a guy's a big prospect, and he's not he's not as high up as you thought that he was going to be. He's moved down, you know? I mean, Hudson Head was higher. He, he's he's kind of slid back a little bit, you know? Travis Swaggerty, we talked about him early in the year, he's sitting at 16 right now. They put out their top 30. They put out their, their top 100 list, to which the Pirates have five. Did you see any surprises? Did you see anything that you sat there and you said, wow, that guy moved up or that guy went down? Or, I, you know, that's a new name that I didn't realize I was supposed to be paying attention to. Roanzi Contreras really jumped up on the list in double-A for the Pirates, right-handed pitcher. No, and I mean, he's been injured. And when we had uh, when we had John Moses on from from Altoona, it was like one of the, the things that we talked about that he possibly could have gotten the bump up. Uh, but he was definitely a surprise for people, especially, you know, in the, in the Jamison tie-on deal where everybody was kind of focusing on, you know, Yahoo Ray. They were f- focusing on, you know, Kanan Smith and Jigba. They were focusing on M- Mikel Escato. Because a lot of times that, you know, who's the, who's the top prospect we got and who are some of the heavy hitters we got? Uh, so Ro- Rowanzi Contreras definitely, you know, proved himself that he could be, you know, somebody that, you know, could could jump right into that. The best part about that, Craig, is that Yahoo Ray 
is 24th now on the list. And Contreras is the big prospect in that deal. And, and, you know, he's the best prospect not in the top 100. He's the next Pittsburgh Pirate that would break the top 100, theoretically. And so, I mean, like, I found that really interesting this week when I saw a lot of names stayed in the same spot, but there are guys that performed. And like you said, you talked about this guy earlier on in the year. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we've been trying to do here on Bucks in the Basement all year long is, you know, an understanding of what's going on at the major league level. But don't forget about these guys down here that are the future of the team, because that's a name that has shot up the ranks that you may see up here pitching for the Pirates that you probably heard about for the first time on this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, another one that, that kind of definitely, you know, kind of happy with the way he's performed, Matt Frazier got promoted from uh, Greensboro to Altoona, much deserved. I mean, was just basically changed his swing, put more power, more pop into his swing. Uh, up at 23 right now, he was an outfielder that, you know, probably a lot of people, you know, weren't kind of focusing on uh, a lot during that time. You know, Travis Swaggerty's been hurt. Uh, like you mentioned, Hudson Head uh, struggled and is struggling uh, in Bradenton right now. I, I think he's kind of gotten, you know, back on track at times, but definitely, you know, didn't didn't perform the way that when he's at the, you know, the top 10 uh, and is coming in and it's just like, well, he could be, you know, the top outfield prospect for years to come. And then all of a sudden, you know, with all the acquisitions and stuff and the way he's played, you know, he's sitting down at 12. The ones that kind of surprised me, uh, because MLB Pipeline, like, I, I look at all of these prospect li- lists all the time, Chris, and and usually Fangraphs, to me, is the one that is more, uh, it's like the future, va- future value, and they're more, uh, I guess, like, optimistic about that kind of stuff, so their future values in the beginning might be a little bit higher because they're looking at, you know, the, the ceiling of a prospect as opposed to the floor of a prospect. And I see, you know, MLB pipeline usually, you know, is more of the floor than the ceiling. And Baseball America is usually the one that's kind of like in between. And that's why people follow Baseball America a little bit more. But the way that they put Anthony Solomato and they put Bubba Chandler immediately um, into the top 10 um, ahead of guys like, you know, like Carmen Majinski, uh, Jared Jones, who I think has been performing, he's only up st- stuck right around like 15. And guys that you've actually seen perform within, you know, the majors, as opposed to, I know that they they were like those, you know, first round talent type guys, but to see those two in the top 10, you know what? That's, that's great. That's fine and everything. Uh, but I, it was just like a little bit shocking to me that they kind of put them into the top 10 this quickly, uh, especially since they're just down in the FCL right now. Uh, and, and they do have very high ceilings, but it seems like one of the first times that I've seen MOB pipeline go more towards the ceiling on some guys as to where, you know, I didn't see them be, being ranked above, you know, Davis, Priest, or Cruz, Gonzalez, Piguero. Uh, But it was it was kind of shocking to me uh, some of the guys that they they fell in on top of like Andy Rodriguez, not sure if he's going to be a catcher, not sure if he's going to be an outfielder, but has performed extremely well um, down in Bradenton, and I thought he might have moved up the ranks a little bit more based on his performance. But maybe they're saying, you know, if he goes in the outfield, he's not as 
valuable as if he's like a hard-hitting catcher. To speak of fan graphs, and I find this really interesting, fan graphs has seven pirates currently in their top 100, and Nick Gonzalez is the eighth sitting at 106. So I think that's crazy when you think about that because they have, like you said, they evaluate diff- things differently. But the third best prospect that they have in the pirate system is Contreras, which is hysterical. I mean, like, it's like, here's a guy we talked about earlier on in the year that you 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 got word on this year. He's shooting up right now inside of this pirate system. The one thing that's a consistent is that Davis is the best guy we have and Priester's right behind him. And Pagaro is in there as well as one of the top prospects. But Contreras is clearly somebody to be watching if you're a Pirates fan. It's something we'll definitely be talking about here in the offseason and and looking to see what the next step is for some of these minor league guys. You've got a few guys you're going to be talking about from the minor leagues coming up next week, right? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be uh sitting down uh with uh, with John Moses again. I uh, was hoping to have Spencer Smith on for you guys tonight, but I'm uh, going to try to get that uh get that rearranged and get him back in there. Uh, Spencer Smith is uh, he's broadcaster from the Bradenton Marauders. John Moses is broadcaster up in Altoona. There you go. So you got two guys that are covering these minor league players, so we'll be asking them about those guys. Look, it's all about the future at this point. And, you know, hoping that somebody will take Gregory Polanco's money. I don't think so, but that's the hope. Not going to happen. Now I see the changes in this town. They change. They say one thing but the